0: (laughs) Good morning, Crestview family. How is everyone today? So glad to see you here. Thank you for choosing to come worship with us this morning. Glad to have you with us. If you're a guest or a visitor with us for the first time, we would love to have a record of your attendance. There are some visitor cards in the pews in front of you. If you just fill one of those out and drop it in the offering plate just so we get to know you and Get a little bit more information about you. That'd be great. Um, Just a few announcements going into this week. Uh, Don't forget, we have our Wednesday night services here. uh, On Wednesday nights, everything's in the bulletin there. Um, 6.30, we have our adult Bible study in here. We have our children and youth Bible studies out in the youth building. Um, Saturday... I figure Joey's going to want to talk about it, but it's the women's tea is Saturday. Also, along with while the women are ha- I'll let Joey come and tell you a little more about the women's tea in a minute if she wants to. But um, I have a little flyer out there. Any any youth that would like to come help on Saturday, we're going to do some work on the playground. Um, spring has sprung and the rain has brought unwanted weeds and mess. And so we are going to work on our playground on uh, Saturday and talk about getting ready some, for some things that we may want to <laughs> change out there. So uh, just going to about nine o'clock, I think, is what I said. Um, the flyers out there, and we're gonna, just going to hang out. We're going to eat some lunch after we get done. They can hang out, play basketball, whatever they want to do, uh, till two o'clock. Um, Tuesday, I believe. Where's Wade? Where, Workday. Yeah. He said, make sure with you. Tuesday, a work day, says 6 o'clock, or as soon as you can get here on Tuesday, uh, working on some things around the church. Uh, weather permitting, I'm assuming, right? Weather permitting. Uh, I don't think there are any more announcements. Sandra, you going to talk about the women's tea, or is Joy going to talk about the women's tea?
1: she's not here, I'll do it. I don't know where she's at. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, Sandra is. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, our ladies group, we are having a tea. It starts at 11. We have a guest speaker, and uh, it's a tea, so don't expect a full-blown uh board. We're going to have a tea. Uh, wear, wear your sundress, wear your hat, but it's going to be a great gathering, so if you plan to come, make sure you have given Joy your name so that we have an idea how many to prepare food for. Um, the it, we're asking for a donation of five dollars but if you do a uh, table of six it's twenty dollars 25. 25 okay 25 so uh, but just make sure you see joy uh, after church if you want to come to this Sunday at three o'clock our choir will be participating in the sacred hymn festival we've done this several years ago and we have it done it since covid hit so that will be at three o'clock at bethel church which is in ellenborough you just jump on business 74 and it's right up there on the right um but again we would just love for everyone to come there's about six churches that participate in this and each choir or soloist sing uh two songs so it'll be a, just a great time together thank you
2: Good morning. Good
1: morning. I
2: have a uh, a quick announcement. Also, before we begin, we are in the process of switching over our website. It'll still be the same website address, CrestviewBaptistShelby.com, but um, by the first of May, we are going to switch over to our to a new host, as well as we are our online giving will switch over. From faith life giving to Tithely, which will take effect. We will make that cut that this next Sunday will be the last Sunday that you can give with faith life giving, and then we'll begin take using Tithely May 1st. So uh, please be aware of that if you've got recurring gifts or anything like that set up, that you'll need to go back in and set that up once these go live with uh, Tithely through our website. So thank you for that. But we are here today to worship our Savior. And I thank you for being here. And um, at this time, if we, as we start our worship time together, if you would please join me in prayer. Our blessed Lord and Savior, we come before you, humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, we thank you for the fact that we can enter into the Holy of Holies, into your presence because of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for us. It's because of his shed blood that we can enter in your your presence, not as strangers, not even as friends, dear Lord, but as sons and daughters. Because we are, those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, we are children of the King. And we are so grateful for that. And we are here this morning to worship you and to glorify you. Dear Lord, as we enter into this time of worship, I ask that your spirit fills this place. That you fill each of us. That you opened our hearts, our minds, and our lives, dear Lord. So that we may receive word from you today. As we sing your praises today, as Sandra and the choir lead us in worship. Dear Lord, I pray that we don't repeat just words and we don't do things just out of repetition. But dear Lord, we will honestly think about what we are singing. And we will sing with all of our might to praise you. Dear Lord, as Chad brings the message to the children today, I ask that you speak through him. That he will be able to to invest and speak into their lives. The truth that comes from your word. That their lives may be changed because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Dear Lord, I ask that you speak through me today. That I speak only your word and nothing but your word. That you hide me behind this desk and that you shine through. Dear Lord, because that's why we're here is to proclaim your name. Dear Lord, as we begin this worship time, we ask that you receive all the honor and glory for it. Have your way with us today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen.
1: Would you stand as we sing page 202 of hold the Power of Jesus' Name as we worship through music, our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many gifts you have blessed us with. I pray now that you will take these gifts of our tithes and our offerings, bless these, and bless the giver. For it is your name that we pray, amen. Would you stand again as we sing our hymn of praise 217, oh how I love Jesus, 217.
0: The kids to come down forward this morning, huh? Yep. I get excited when I have more kids show. When I have new faces and new kids showing up. It makes me excited. All right, guys. Got a question? As you come and sit down. What have I got here? A it's a baby. It's a baby doll, but it's representing a baby. Does anybody here have a baby brother? Or a sister maybe have a baby brother or sister. You can have a baby cousin. Yeah. What does the what does a baby do when it wants something? What does a baby do? It cries. Why does the baby cry? because it can't talk. It cries. Let you know it's hungry, it's thirsty, something's wrong, maybe its diaper needs changing. And so babies aren't afraid or aren't ashamed in don't even care. Where we're at, whether you're in church, whether you're in a, whether you're in a, a library, they don't care whether you're in a restaurant, wherever they're at, they're not afraid to ask for help by crying, right? And so as we get older, we get a little more reserved about when we ask for stuff. Sometimes your parents say, not right now, or wait, wait. For, or, or no, yeah, you hear that a lot, don't you? That's right, see? Um, sometimes our parents um, tell us to wait, and we learn to when it's okay to ask for something or when we, when we can speak up and say, how want this? Well, I'm going to tell you about a guy today. We're going to learn in, right here and in Children's Church about a guy named Bartimaeus. You ever heard of him before? All right, can you all say that, Bartimaeus? All right, so he was a blind man, but he was not afraid to ask for something when he saw Jesus. Well, he didn't see Jesus. Jesus came into town. Okay. All right. When Jesus came into town, he was not afraid to ask Jesus. And so he called out. He heard Jesus was in town. And he crawled out. He said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I, he disturbed the people around him. And they're like, be quiet. And Jesus, but Jesus, he heard Bartimaeus crying out. And he stopped and said, tell him to come to me. And so Bartimaeus jumped up. He threw his coat aside. And he knew where Jesus' voice was. So he went to Jesus, excited. And Jesus said, what do you want me to do? And Bartimaeus said, I want to see. Go, Jesus said. Your faith has healed you. Instantly, Bartimaeus could see as he followed Jesus down the road. Bartimaeus was not afraid to ask Jesus for what he wanted. There's a Bible verse. Philippians 4.6 tells us, to be anxious for nothing and that means to worry about nothing but in everything prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be known to god god is just like your mommy when to a baby they want he wants to know when you need something now so if you need something you're worried about something you're struggling with something whatever it may be never ever be afraid to go to God wherever you're at whether you're in school whether you're in a library whether you're in a restaurant it's never there's never a time God doesn't want to hear from you so I want to encourage you guys as you grow through life when you need things or want things in life ask God now sometimes when you ask your mom and dad for something Sometimes the answer is no, right? Isabel said it a while ago. Sometimes God's answer might be no because He knows what's best for us. But God wants to hear from you and He wants to know your needs and wants. So we're going to learn more about that and we're going to talk more about Bartimaeus and Children's Church. So if you want to go to Children's Church, we're going to sit right here in just a minute as soon as I pray, okay? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these guys and girls. Help us to remember as we go through this world to when we co- come through situations where we need help and we won't help, Lord, to remember that you're there, always ready to listen. All this we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen.
2: Require for that. You know, I was thinking as as Chad was sharing that, and I tell you guys all the time, I love it when kids comment back. And when he was talking about Bartimaeus being blind and he saw Jesus, and Izzy said, How did he see Jesus if he was blind? I mean, it's so obvious. They are literally, if you say it, they take you at your word. And that was a great question. And then the other thing is, he's talking about babies crying. I know that many of you have gone through this with teenagers or that you're going through it right now. But you know, they go from crying when they want something to whining consistently when they want something. They stop the crying, but I would much rather have them crying. At least you can get them to stop. But teenagers just whine until they get their way. They wear you down. So if you don't have teenagers yet and you've got younger ones, hang on, it's coming. Okay, well today we're going to be talking about salt and light. So, if you would turn to Matthew chapter 5, where this is where Jesus is, is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. And he had just got done going through the Beatitudes about the attitudes that we should have and, and how we are to be blessed. But if you would turn to chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, and if you will stand in the honor of reading of God's Word, as I read this, It's going to be on your screen as well as in your bulletin. But if you've got your Bibles, hopefully you're turning there. And this is what Matthew writes here in his gospel. In verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has become tasteless or loses its saltiness, how will it be made salty again? It is good for nothing anymore except to be thrown out and trampled under the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a peck measure or a, or, or a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for what we see recorded in the Gospel of Matthew that Matthew wrote down the words that he heard You preach. Dear Lord, thank You for what we see here. Bless the reading of Your Word. Speak through me today. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ our Savior we pray. Amen. The the first thing that I want to look at here is when Jesus is sharing this, and he's, is He giving a command? Is He telling us to be salt and light? Is He giving us a challenge saying, hey, you need to strive to be salt and light? Or is He making a statement? Well, Jesus is not asking us to do something. He's not telling us to do something. He is literally making a statement of fact about His disciples. Look at what it says again. The first part of chapter of verse 13. You are the salt of the earth. Verse 14. You are the light of the world. Jesus is not making a request. He literally is saying, making a statement. He is saying, as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you are salt. You are light. This is not a command that we have to follow. It is who we are in Jesus Christ. No questions, no compromise. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, when the Holy Spirit indwells us, at that point we become salt. We become light. Jesus' disciples or disciples of Jesus are salt because, number one, they are precious. We are all, every single one of us, we are precious. Just like salt. See, in Jesus' time, salt was a precious commodity. In many places, it was literally used as currency. And see, many times the Roman soldiers, they were paid in salt as their wages. And we have a, a, a phrase that we use today that has come from that time frame. When somebody does a good job and and they work hard, we say they are worth their salt. That's where it came from. Because salt was precious. But you see, Jesus sees us as His disciples, as His children. We are precious. We are priceless. Because we have been bought With the most precious thing God had. The blood of His one and only Son. That's the price that was paid for us. That is what makes us precious. The second thing, the second reason that disciples of Christ are salt is they have a preserving influence see, salt then as well as today was used to preserve meat. There was no refrigeration. You couldn't just stick a a ham in the refrigerator or the freezer and preserve it and keep it. You had to do something with it to keep it from rotting, to keep it from getting the, the, the bugs and stuff in there. So they would preserve it in salt. And today's society, when you go to the grocery store, unless you go and buy a country ham, all of those things have been shot full of artificial preservatives to mimic what salt does naturally. And there's so many chemicals and things like that preserving the meat. But like salt, we as Christians, have the, 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 the ability to help preserve those around us. We have to have a preserving influence that when, we, when people come in contact with us, they see us and that we have an influence in their life to help preserve them by sharing the Gospel and living out the Gospel of Jesus Christ in front of them. Disciples are like, or are, are, are salt because they add flavor. You think about it. You sit down and you've made yourself a baked potato or a big bowl, a big side of mashed potatoes. And you don't do anything to it. And you take a bite of that potato. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? It needs salt. Why? Because salt adds flavor. We as Christians are to add flavor to the lives of those around us. Now understand, I'm not telling you that you have to be colorful and flavorful. And, but they need to see you and they need to be able to watch you and see that even when you're going through the hard times, there is something different about you. That you're able to endure. You're able to add flavor to life. When they're struggling, you're able to come alongside of them and help them through it even though they may not understand what's going on. You're to add flavor to their lives. (coughs) And then the fourth thing. They help purify Salt is a purifying agent. Many people have salt filters on their water to help purify that water. You guys realize you ever thought, you know, when you get a paper cut or anything and you don't even realize it's there, and you get salt on that, what happens? It burns. You know you got a paper cut when you touch the salt. I know when I am uh, making homemade ice cream, I don't get to do it as much as I used to, but when I'm making homemade ice cream and, and you pour in that rock salt in there and that ice and, and getting it really cold and you're messing around with the, with the ice and everything and you get all that salt water in your hands, You will tell real quick if you've got any cracks or anything like that. Because it's a purifying agent. You guys realize that the Dead Sea is dead because of all the salt and minerals that are in it. There's nothing that can grow there. And I've never been able to experience, but I've seen videos and I've seen and talked to people that have been there. And I've actually got a little thing of, of... I had a little thing of water from the Dead Sea that you could touch it to your tongue and it would burn because of all the chemicals and all the salt that was in that water that you're able to go in there and you basically float on top of the water. If you just lay there, you just float. But you can go in there with a mosquito bite or a little scrape or something like that, but because of all the, the salt and chemicals, you can come out and it's almost completely healed because it purifies We, as Christians, because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, we are to be a purifying agent in our culture, in our world. That we are supposed to be an influence for good, for God in our culture. That's why we are salt. That is what Jesus is saying when he says we are the salt of the earth. Then, the the, disciples of Jesus are light because they are not only light receivers but also light givers and i've always said i mean and, and please forgive me for saying this because and it's true but it's not true at the same time i've always said that christians are to be like the the moon we don't give off our own light but we reflect the light of the sun that we are supposed to reflect the light of Jesus Christ. But that's true, but it's not true in the same sense. And the fact that this verse right here says we are light. And this is a special title. This is something special that Jesus tells His disciples because this is a name that He used for Himself. You see, it had become a commonplace thing That in the Jewish culture, that if there was an eminent rabbi, someone that was very highly thought of, and they had a lot of followers that they followed their teaching, that they would be called the light of the world. And Jesus claimed that title for himself. He said, "On many places, I am the light." And here he's telling his disciples, You are the light of the world. See, we as Christians, we not only receive the light from, from Christ, but when Christ lives in us and the Holy Spirit lives in us, we produce our own light. The light shines through us. You know, I've got uh, Ginger and I put out some solar lamps, solar lights around our walkway out front of our house. And during the day, there is, unless you cover up that solar panel, it's got a little, uh, a little sensor that when it gets dark, it comes on. But I, there is no way to turn that light on during the day. Unless you cover up that sensor and make it dark. But all day long, those solar panels are absorbing the light, the energy from the sun. And then when it gets dark, it emanates. The light through the power that it received from the sun, But it's producing its own light. That's what we are to be. We not only receive the light from Christ and the power from Christ, we are to emanate our own light because of the power that we receive. The third reason that we're light is that we are to stand out in the darkness of the world. We are to be different. We are to stand out in darkness. People should look at us and immediately know that we're we're Christian, that we are a disciple of Jesus Christ. You know, there's a lady, I don't know her name, but she works at the drive through at Taco Bell in Shelby. When you're standing, you pull up to the order thing and you don't even see the person, you can hear her talking. You know there's something different about her the way, just because what's coming through in her voice is pure joy. And you get up to the window and her face is lit up. I pulled up there one day and she, she came to the window to get my money and I said... You know Jesus Christ, don't you? She says, oh, yes, sir, I do. He is my Lord and Savior. And I said, I can tell by the look on your face and the joy in your voice. She stood out because of her relationship with Jesus Christ. She shone in the darkness because of her relationship with Jesus Christ. They are to dispel... Darkness. You guys realize what that means? That we're not just supposed to stand out in darkness. We're supposed to get rid of the darkness because of the power of Jesus Christ in our lives. When you walk outside, it can be pitch black. And you, sh- you turn the light on. What happens to that Darkness. It gets pushed back because of the power of the light. You know, there, there, there's several different caverns that you can go to. The one I've been to is Cujo's Cavern up in Cumberland Gap, there in, in Tennessee and Kentucky and Virginia. And they get you down in the in those caverns and they, they tell you, they like to tell people that hey, if we turn the light off, it said that if you put your hand in front of your face and you literally have your hand this close to your nose and you can't see it because it's so dark. They said if you move it back real fast that you're able to see it. And so you're sitting there doing this and they flip on the light and everybody's doing like this and like, you know. But when they have that light off, it is so dark. You could do this all day long and you'd never be able to see your hand. But as soon as they flip that switch and the light comes on, the darkness is gone. That's the way we are to be. And then we illuminate the way. See, we as Christians, our marching orders, the Great Commission, all of us, doesn't mean if you're called called to be a janitor or called to be a pastor. Your marching orders from Jesus Christ are the same. Go and make disciples. All of us. There is no question. The purpose of every Christian is to make more disciples, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. He doesn't say just get them saved, he says make disciples. The only way that we can do that is through the power of Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel, illuminating the way. And what you're going to find out is there's some people that are more comfortable in the darkness than they are in the light, and they're going to reject you. They're going to reject the message because they don't see what happens when the light, when things are illuminated. You can't hide a lot of things. You know, they even make things, I don't, never used one, but they make things called makeup lights. And I know some of the ladies have those, and they shine lights, bright lights. What is the purpose of those lights? to show all the little flaws and stuff that need to get covered up to make sure you get everything covered. The doctors use lights. They shine these big old bright lights on you to make sure that they do everything that they've got to do. Because it illuminates. And people don't like their flaws being pointed out by the light. So they want to stay in darkness. But you know what? We can diminish our effectiveness. Effectiveness. Losing your saltiness. In Matthew five thirteen, and part B says, "But if the salt has began, become tasteless, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men." We can lose or diminish the effect of our saltiness. Hiding your light. Matthew 14 and 15. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. We can diminish our effect as light. We can effectively hide our light. How? Salt is needed because the world is rotting and decaying. And if our Christianity is also rotting and decaying, it won't be good for anything. If we are not constantly digging deeper into His Word, praying, but we're allowing our Christianity to rot and decay, we are not doing anyone any good. And light is needed because the world is in darkness, and if our Christianity imitates the darkness, we have nothing to show the world. If there is nothing different, From us, if we are worried about making people feel uncomfortable and so we hide our light, there is no difference. The world does not see a difference between us and them. To be effective, we must seek and display the Christian distinctive. We can never affect the world for Jesus by becoming like the world. We cannot compromise. We cannot affect this world for Jesus by becoming like the world. Too many people think it is necessary for us to compromise what we believe the Bible says to compromise what we see as commands of Christ. Compromise what the standards are. And there are people that stand in pulpits just like this and say, the Bible does not say this is wrong. I'm going to tell you this. The Bible, the Bible that I read There is a definite right and wrong. When Jesus says, don't do it, don't do it. When He tells you to do it, do it. We are the ones that make the gray areas in the Bible because we do not want to accept what Jesus Christ or God's Word has to say on topics. But this Bible is very clear. All you've got to do is read it. There is no compromise. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but by Me. That doesn't mean that if you believe in Allah, or you believe in Buddha, or you believe in the sun, moon, and stars, or you worship a tree, that it's all the same thing. Because my Bible says, no, it's not. There is no compromise. And we cannot compromise and be the salt and light of this world. So why are we salt and light? Why does Jesus say we are salt and light? For one very good purpose. To point people to God through Jesus Christ. See what it says in Matthew 5.16. 16. Let your light shine before man in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. See, God never intended for His Son to come to walk this earth, to die on the cross, for His followers to live in secret. Yes, salvation is a very personal thing. I cannot accept Jesus Christ for you. You cannot accept Him as your, your Savior for anybody else. That is a very personal thing that God and you have to do. It is not our job to, to convict or lead people to the point where they're ready to accept Christ as their sal- for their salvation. That is the job of the Holy Spirit. It is a personal thing. But that personal thing becomes, turns into a life that is lived in public. He tells us to be in the world, but not of the world. He wants His disciples to be part of the world, but different than the world. He wants us to stand out. He wants us to proclaim His name in front of everyone. And we cannot do that while compromising. And the reason that He wants us to be able to do that, the reason He wants us to do that is because it points people to Him and they see us and if we live our life correctly, they will glorify God. That is the reason that we are salt and light is to point people to Him. See, Charles Spurgeon wrote this, the object of our shining is not that men may see how good we are, nor even see us at all, but that they may see grace in us and God in us and cry what a father these people must have. Is not this the first time in the New Testament that God is called our Father? Is it not singular that the first time it peeps out should be when men are seeing the good works of His children? You think about that. What he, what Charles Spurgeon wrote here. That the first time... God is called our Father is here. First time in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 5. First time that God has called our Father. And, and it comes out calling Him our Father when we are, He's telling us to let our good work shine before men. God doesn't do anything by accident. God does not do anything by accident. We cannot continue to sit back and live our lives in the life of compromise. We cannot let our salt and our light be diminished and become ineffective There has to be a difference. It is getting harder and harder to live that life in this society. Anytime that you speak out against something, anytime you call something a sin, you are looked down upon. We live in a a cancel culture. If they don't like what you're saying, they cancel you. And I'm not telling you what this is going to be easy because it's not. Because I'll be honest with you, I've had to stand... Against my own family in certain sins instances, calling sin sin because not because I said so, but because God's word said so. It's not easy, but again, this is not a command. This is not a request. This is not a challenge. This is what God Jesus says we are as His children, as His disciples. We are salt. We are light. Now it's up to us if we're going to live our life that way. Does it mean that we get everything right? No. By no means. Paul himself says, I always do what I don't want to do. And I don't do what I know I should do. Guys, think about what he just said. This is the writer of the majority of the New Testament. The one, the very first missionary to go and go as far as he went. He took the Gospel of Jesus Christ all over the known world at that time. Saying, I mess up. I don't do it right all the time. In fact, in one place, he says, we are all sinners of which I am the boss. I am the chief sinner. But you know what? My God and my Savior, Jesus Christ, is bigger than any mistakes I can ever make. And if we live our life to let Him shine, He's going to outshine any mistakes that we make. Now my challenge to you today is this. How are you going to live your life? What is it that God is telling you to do? Who is it that He is telling you you are? How are you going to respond to that? This is your opportunity right now to come forward, to to bow at the altar, to talk to me, to to, to pray, whatever it is God is telling you to do, don't leave this place today without being obedient and following God and what He's telling you to do. As we sing this song, this is your opportunity.
1: Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 330, Amazing Grace.
2: was the invitation. But we can't leave today without singing one of these other verses of this song when we've been there 10,000 years. Verse 5. This is our proclamation. This verse is singing praises to our Savior. Amen. After we sing this verse, I'm going to ask Robbie is, as our Deacon of the Week, if he'd come and dismiss us in prayer Thank you for being here. Don't forget Wednesday night, 6.30, Bible study in here, youth and children in the, in the, the youth building. Saturday, the, the tea. Sunday at 11 o'clock Saturday morning is the tea, ladies. Sunday is at 3 o'clock is the sacred music festival at Bethel Baptist in Ellenborough where our choir will be singing. At three o'clock you're all invited to be there for that. And work day, Tuesday night.: So as we sing, huh? And the work day Saturday morning at nine, for the youth. So uh, sing this song as loud as you possibly can, <laughs> because this oh, this verse is just incredible. Thank you
0: just thank you for this day lord we thank you for the message that already delivered and we thank you for the music that sandra led lord we just ask you to let us be the salt of the earth and flavor of the world and lord just let us our light shine and, and guide somebody to to you and lord just be with us this week as we go out through it through this week during our duties lord we just ask you to be with us in your name we pray amen